0: you told me 10 years ago that all of this was going to happen, I don't know if I believe you. This, this is a miracle. Statistically speaking, you know, we shouldn't be here. But we are. And we're going to make the most of it. It's not over. Come on, somebody make some noise, real life. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Revival's in the house tonight, real life. I am. My name is Jonathan Criswell. If you're a guest in the house, I love you. We love you at Real Life. We are glad that you are with us tonight. Um, if this is your first time, the next time you come, Tonight you're a guest, but next time you are family, because we love you so much. I want to give a quick shout out to my boy, Caitlin Watts. Where you at, son? Love my boy, Caitlin. Welcome home from, from his first getting a break from his first semester at college. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Proud of you, son. And I also want to give another shout out to my ladies in Teen Challenge. Love you guys. Come on, let's give it up for our family. From Teen Challenge, we love you girls so much. I was watching as three buses were pulling in full of students from from, uh, the Teen Challenge Center, and I just thought to myself, that in and of itself is revival. That in and of itself is a miracle, that we have some spirit-filled, redeemed, transformed young ladies who have had their lives supernaturally impacted by the blood of Jesus. And they changed the atmosphere of real life student ministries. And we would not be the same without them. So one more time, we want to honor our Teen Challenge girls. Come on, real life, let's give them some love in the house. I want to tell you we love you so much. I I want to just express the reason we do what we do every single week is because we love you. And um, I, I want to just go ahead and say, I, I understand in a room this size, um, unfortunately, there are some young men and young women who have not been told all week long that you're loved. And I want to say from the very onset of this message tonight, we love you, and God loves you, and Jesus died for you. He, he, his affection is for you. His eyes are fixed on you, and He wants you. There is no mistake that you're in this room tonight. And we are so grateful that you're here, and I'm just excited about what's about to happen. Who's ready for God's word tonight? Praise God. Tonight is week two of This is Revival. And uh, last Tuesday, I got rear-ended. Yeah, I, I was actually in, uh, I was at Chick-fil-A. How many of y'all like Chick-fil-A? I was at Chick-fil-A for breakfast at Midland. I love that chicken, egg, and cheese biscuit. Come on, y'all. It's not even on the menu. Chicken, egg, and cheese is melting in your mouth. It is incredible. You got to get that combo. It is awesome. Chicken, egg, and cheese. Don't forget it. My brother, who was a cop for 14 years, um, let me in on that little secret. He, you know, the police like to eat. So um, anyways, that's beside the point. Um, I was rear-ended. I'm sitting at that, that red light right in front of Chick-fil-A, and I'm waiting to merge onto the highway, right? And I'm next. I'm, I'm about to get on the highway, and I'm sitting there. I'm at a full stop, and the next thing I know is this Chevy Impala is just drilling me in the back of my Forerunner, and it moves me about two feet forward. It, he rocked me. It was like I, I felt it in my back. Um, but y'all, I am a beast of a man, and I drive a big old car, and, and so my truck had just some little dents and scratches on it, and it probably to- totaled that little Chevy Impala. It was ridiculous. Hey, Wilbo. Um, fortunately, the, the gentleman who was driving the vehicle, he was a, a retired veteran, and it was Veterans Week, and so I'm like really respectful because he has served our country faithfully, retired from the Army served overseas and fought for our freedom and fortunately nobody was actually hurt and he let me know like we were discussing it and I'm talking with them and I'm I'm seeing what in the world happened like you just did and guys literally it was 1200 dollars worth of damage to my car even though it didn't seem like much they had to replace the bumper and that's unfortunate but it's brand new now praise the lord because Our God takes something that's damaged, messed up, and dirty, and he makes all things new. Praise the Lord. And so the gentleman was just explaining to me, he was like, you know, I was just like you. I got my food. I got my little grandson. I'm taking him to school. And the next thing I know, I'm looking back to see if there's traffic coming. And because I was looking back... I didn't see you. And, and he, said, he said that, and it made me think to myself for tonight's message. He was spending too much time looking back and not enough time looking forward. Tonight, as we continue to press into the revival that's happening in real life, God wants me to tell you that we have been distracted by our past long enough. You and I have been distracted by our past long enough. See, we serve a God who redeems. Psalm 103.4 says, He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. Praise God. If if you want to shout or scream or clap your hands when you hear this, praise the Lord because this is the God we serve. The God we serve makes all things new according to Revelation 21.5. The God we serve washes our sin that is scarlet, red as scarlet, and makes it white as snow. We serve a God who, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We serve a God who is far more concerned with our future than he is concerned with our past. That's the God we serve. Revival is in the house tonight. Because the Holy Spirit is going to release many of us in this room, I'm believing with all of my heart, from guilt. Many of us in this room walked in with way too much guilt, with way too much shame, with way too much condemnation. And the God's holy word says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Proverbs, this is an awesome scripture that I want to start tonight's message with. Tonight's message, I've entitled it, We're Going to Have Revival from Regret Real Life. That's what God wants for us. Proverbs 24, 16 says that, For though the righteous fall seven times, they get back up again. Though the righteous fail seven times, they get back up again. That's what makes us different from those who are unrighteous, the, the people that don't choose God as their Lord and Savior because none of us are perfect, right? Revival is simply this. Revival is getting back up again when we make mistakes. You will never fully see what God can do through you while you're focusing on your past mistakes real life. You will never fully see what God can do through you if you're always looking back in the rearview mirror of your life. Looking focused on the failure, focused on the regret. Tonight's story that I'm going to read to you is, is from the Old Testament. It's in Samuel, 1 Samuel 30, and it's David. David is a popular character in the, in the Scripture, and, and David was in this stage in his life that many of you are in today in 1 Samuel 30. He had some accomplishments behind him. He had killed the giant, Goliath. We, we know that story where he takes three smooth stones, and, and all it took was one. He flung it with faith, knowing that he had killed the lion and the bear, so if God is for him, who can be against him? And so he lived a life of faith already, and he killed the giant. People were taking notice of him, of his accomplishments, saying Saul has killed his thousands, David has kid, killed tens of thousands but he was in this limbo because God had a high calling on his life and a great purpose for him to be king of all of Israel, but he wasn't there yet. And that makes me think of you guys because many of you are in the same stage in your life. You've, you've got a high calling and you've got a high purpose. You look grown. Some of y'all look grown and y'all are only 14, 15 years old. That's the same as David He. He was a good-looking, strong young man. He was, he was partly grown, but he hadn't arrived yet. And that's where many of us are in the room today. Y'all look the part, but you're not there yet. And you're in this stage where, where you've not fully arrived, but you want to be where you're supposed to be in life. And David was trying to find his way, and he started to connect. Get this. He started to connect himself to people that should have not been an option for him. See, David tried to be allies with the Philistines, who were the enemies of God. Just some context, um, the Philistines were the same tribe of people that Goliath came from. So the giant he killed, he then turned around and started trying to be friends with his enemies. And I equate it to to our real-life context as, uh, y'all know the people that are in this ministry and at your school who they go through this long, like drawn out two year relationship with somebody, right? I'm, I'm about to dabble just a little bit. Y'all ready? So you got these relationships, these couple goals, right? And and uh, they're in a relationship for a couple years. And then the next thing you know, it is like it, the relationship gets toxic and everything goes south and the guy cheats on her. And it's like, oh, they break up and, and everything. You see it all over social media. And the next thing you know, is four months later that that same girl is going right back to the guy who cheated on her twice and everybody and their mama is like girl he did it one time he'll do it again right that that is exactly what David was doing he was trifling he was going with the enemy's camp praise the lord Here's my point. The Philistines were the same people that defiled David's God. Goliath the giant was a Philistine. And I've come tonight to tell you all this. Stop making friends with the enemies of your soul. Who you align your life with will either cause you success or a great deal of regret. Who you align yourself with, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Your friends will determine your future. The Philistines rejected. Here's what happened. David's trying to partner with people he shouldn't partner himself with, and he gets rejected. Just like the, the stories you hear every single week in your high school drama, right? The girl tries to get back with the guy, and he dumps her again. And that's exactly what happens to David and his posse. They're rejected and this is where we pick up the story. David and his rejected men are going home and in 1 Samuel verse 30 starting in verse 1 it says this, it says on the screen. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Everybody say third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They had attacked Ziglag which was David's hometown and burned it, and taking captive the women and everyone else in it, both the young and the old, they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. I'm, I'm here tonight knowing That there are some circumstances and some people in this room who have done some things that they have regretted so much so that they have wept in their private moments until they could weep no more. I I know it's true. I've done it myself in my own personal life. David's two wives had been captured. David was greatly distressed because these men who he was with were talking about stoning him to death. Each one of his men were bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. It was David's fault that they weren't there to protect their own families. And so David was in this moment instantaneously feeling some regret and tonight I've come to tell you sometimes we won't recognize the consequences of our actions and choices until it's too late. There's times where we won't recognize. David thought it was just a simple thing to partner up with some Philistines and and maybe get some more money, maybe win some more battles, get some more accolades behind him. But that simple choice caused him some consequences that he didn't realize until it was too late. It was three days later for David and his army of men. Three days after trying to partner with the wrong people. Sometimes we don't feel the regret of our mistakes until after the fact. Sometimes you don't realize what you're saying until you've already said it and it's too late, right? Sometimes you post something on social media and you're like, man, that sounds really good. But then when you find out who it hurts, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually said that. Some mistakes, once realized, can cause you to feel that your future has been taken away from you. Some mistakes are are so devastating. These, These men, in this instance, their sons and their daughters, the next generation, their wives, their future, all of it was robbed from them. These were grown men who wept until they had no strength to weep. When we get caught up in the regret, we begin to, to start believing lies that the enemy, once we make a mistake, what happens is the enemy of our soul begins to speak to us more loudly and clearly than before. He begins to remind us over and over of the mistakes that we've made, right? Y'all experience this. I, I feel it all the time. When I make one little mistake, the enemy makes me feel terrible for it. And so these, this is the type of lies that the enemy feeds us. I'm never going to be successful because I keep failing at school. There's someone in this room who needs to be set free from a failing grade. God does not care about your GPA. He cares about your soul. Some of us in this room believe this lie. I'm, I'm never going to get my purity back because of w- what I did in that relationship. My future, my purity's done. I, there's no way. It's over because I've made the mistake. So now, instead of moving forward in purity and in character and integrity, you focus on the past and not the future. When God is a God of restoration, God is the God who takes that which is dead and makes it alive again. I'm never going to get away from drugs, it's in my house, it's in my neighborhood. My brothers are selling it. My my best friends are, are wrapped up in it. I can't get away from the drug scene. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm never going to have a good relationship with my parents because of what I've done to hurt them. These are the lies the enemy tells us. I quit on something that I should have never given up on, but it's too late now. Can I tell you, you've got breath in your lungs, so it's never too late. God can do all things through you who gives you the strength. There is nothing that is impossible with Jesus Christ. I'm never going to be trusted again because of the lies that I've told. That's what the regret happens. The regret just keeps coming and coming and coming, and it's debilitating. Grown men wept until they had no strength left to weep anymore. I imagine this might have been a circumstance that led David to write Psalm 51, and in that psalm, he was shouting out to God, "For I know the transgressions; my sins are always before me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew your spirit within me. Don't take your presence from me, God. Don't cast me away from your spirit." I believe this is probably one of the the circumstances that caused David to pen that psalm. A desperate situation. Is what was taking place. There, were, there are many in this room who are desperate and put on a face. Many of us in this room are so hungry for a breakthrough in our life, but we walk around making ourselves look like we've got it all together. God wants revival to take place in every person in this room's life. All of us. Can I, can I just make everyone in this room hopefully feel normal, please? Because all of us have made choices that have caused regret and pain. Every single one of us. Your pastor has made so many dumb choices that I regret. But guess what? I am not going to allow my past to determine my future. I'm allowing my God to take care of my past and propel me into my future. Amen. I've... I've got great news for all of us. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, and that still does not restrict God's ability to restore, God's ability to forgive, and God's ability to set us free. We have been sinners saved by grace through faith, and that's what we have. Man, let's just, let's just be a little playful for a second. I know it's been heavy for a second. Um, one of the regrets... A couple weeks ago, I was telling Juan, I drove into the office with a bag. I didn't even tell my wife this because if I told my wife, she'd, she'd, I'd be in trouble. And, um, yeah, I'm telling on myself, this is confession. But y'all know what it feels like. You're driving down the street and you're hungry, and the next thing you know, you look, and there they're in all of its beauty is Taco Bell, right? Taco Bell. You know it's cheap. It's $5. $5. You get a box full of food for $5 with a Mountain Dew. Praise the Lord. And in that moment, you're thinking, hey, this is a great idea, right? But the moment you actually pull through the drive-thru and put that nasty stuff in your mouth, and this story said David and his men regretted it three days later, but with Taco Bell, it's more like three hours later, <laughs> Right? I remember another another thing that I regret in my personal life when I was in high school. This is going to date me, but it was really cool for guys who were like preppy and and uh trendy to get that frost tipped right hair, the spiky frosty tipped hair. y'all remember this well well, guess what y'all's youth pastor was broke then just as much as he is now. And I couldn't afford to get that spiky frosty hair, right? My wife has cut my hair for the past 13 years because I ain't got no money. But that's beside the point. So I thought, man, it's cool to have frost tips. I want to be like the, the Backstreet Boys, right? It's and so I thought that it would be a good idea that instead of going and spending a lot of money at some salon and having some weird, weird girl touch my hair, um, I thought it would be good to put that, that uh, sun-in spray, sun-in, right? Y'all remember, have y'all ever seen sun-in? In the summertime, you, you spray it in your hair and it's supposed to make the sun, it makes your hair blonde. Well, guess what? It made my hair burnt orange. Yeah. And so I'm walking around my senior year of high school with burnt orange, nasty looking hair. I regret that. I regretted it almost immediately. (laughs) Here's what I'm trying to say. We all make mistakes we regret from time to time. All of us do, each and every one of us. We could tell so many funny stories and so many tragic stories. Here's what I'm trying to get to. I'm going to invite the band to come. If we are consumed with living in our past, we will not experience the future revival God has for our lives. If we are consumed with living in our past, we will not experience the future revival God has for our lives. The story continues like this, and in verse 6 it says, but David found strength from the Lord his God. Tonight, if you've walked in this room with a lot in your past, a lot of regret, a lot of shame, a lot of condemnation, I've come to hope and pray for you that The Lord would be strong in you tonight, that you would find strength in God. And it said, then David said to the priest, he said, bring me the epod. And the priest brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God said, pursue them, for you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Do you see what God's word is saying tonight, young person? It's saying that revival is here. We just have to go after it. That's what it's saying. It's saying your past can be taken back. You just have to go after it. See, God is calling us to go after what the enemy has stolen from us. God can restore everything. But it's our job to go after it. To the drug addict who feels that you've lost your true identity, you can be restored in the name of Jesus to the hypocrite who thinks all they will ever be in this world is a liar you can be restored in the name of Jesus but you got to go after it see if we want to see what God can do through us we have to be on our way to prayer that's what i talked about last week if you didn't if you weren't here go to the podcast listen to it it's awesome but if we are on the way to prayer we're on our way to revival that's what i talked about last week But this week, I want you to see that when you are on your way to take back what the enemy has stolen, you're on your way back to revival. That's what God shows us in this word. We have an opportunity to take back and recover everything that has been taken from us. All we have to do is get up and make moves. Stop looking back and see what has caused the pain and regret in your life and start looking ahead to see what God can do through you. Get up and get to Fall Retreat. You've got a lot of regrets. Guess what? They can go to Camp Timberlake and they will stay at Camp Timberlake. You will be forever a different person if you get yourself up and stop letting the past dictate your future. Get to Fall Retreat this weekend. It's inexpensive and if you can't afford it, tell us so we can help you. It says that in God's Word, if here's the question that comes up in, in all of our minds, especially those who have regret that is close to us in proximity. Your, your mistake was just yesterday. A lot of times the thought will come to your mind that if we have this authority in Jesus to take back what the enemy has stolen from us, why are we not experiencing that type of revival more often? Watch this. The story continues. In verse 9 it says, David and 600 men with him went to the valley where this where and and this is what happened it said they went they came to a valley where some stayed behind 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley but David and the other 400 continued in the pursuit tonight I've come to tell you that if my wife And my children had been abducted, and there was some chance that I could rescue them. There would be nothing in this world that would stop me from keeping on to pursue. But for some reason, quitting was an option. Somehow these men must have forgotten what they were going after. And I believe that sometimes as a generation, there's times where we forget, we lose sight that what we need to go after is actually eternal the things that the enemy has stolen from you, the mistakes that have caused you such pain and regret. God wants you to go after those things and take them back because it it determines your eternal security. But unfortunately, some people start the process of revival, and as soon as they realize there's an effort required, they give up before revival begins. That's what happens. Man, I heard an awesome sermon I was to myself, everybody's eyes were closed. The pastor gave me an invitation to raise my hand. I raised my hand, I prayed the prayer, I felt some freedom and I felt some forgiveness. But then the very next day, I'm right back where I was, right back in the sin that I was involved in, saying the same things that I used to say to my friends, doing the same activities that caused me the shame that I raised my hand to be forgiven of. What happens is many times, as soon as we start the process of revival, we give up because we recognize there's something to be done after the forgiveness part. I'm here tonight to tell you that your past is not what is keeping you from revival. We know that God can restore. We know that God can heal. We know that God can forgive our past faults and failures. In fact, the failures in your past should be the fuel to your fire to see your success in the future. They should be what drives you. I'm here tonight to tell you the only thing in the way of revival in your future is you giving up on yourself like these men did. Giving up before God can intervene. I want to invite everybody to your feet. Stay to your feet. No no talking, no distractions. I want to invite you to bow your hearts and close your eyes in this moment. And I inspire you tonight. Someone in this room needs to be inspired to not be a quitter. Just because you've messed up before doesn't mean you stop trying to be holy as God is holy. Just because you've fallen short of the glory of God doesn't mean you stop fighting to be an awesome man of God with character and integrity. Just because you failed don't give up. Quitting is not an option, young man. Quitting is not an option, daughter of the Most High God. Don't be a person who buckles under the pressure of your past. Revival is ready for you if you're willing to go and get it. The story ends like this. It says, David finds a guy who is with the raiders who stole their families. And David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? The man answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master. And I will take you down to them. He led David down, and there, there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling, because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. And David fought them from dusk until evening the next day, and none of them got away except four hundred young men who rode off and fled. I want you to hear this very clearly. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing. Young, old, boy, girl, plunder, or anything else that had been taken, David brought everything back. So tonight, I'm telling you, that's the God we serve. We serve a God that no matter what your past may hold, you can take everything back through Him who gives you strength so with every head bowed, every eye closed in this moment, you're in this place and you are so full of failure, you're so full of regret, the mistakes you've made man, can I tell you, you can be forgiven you can be set free the penalty has already been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross and so tonight, you're in this room right now, in this moment, and the regret that you've been carrying for so long. I'm telling you, you can walk out of these doors with the weight lifted, with the burden gone, with the freedom like you've never felt before. You can walk out of this room a new creation, brand new. Behold, I can make all things new. So if you're in this room and you are far from God, and you know that you know that you know that you need the forgiveness of Jesus, that you are not in right relationship with God, And you need to be forgiven and set free of the pain of your regret. I want you to come right now. Be bold. Go after it. God said, if you go after it, I'll restore everything. So if you need to be forgiven, you need something in your life to be restored. Now is the moment. Now is the time. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to open these altars, and we're going to take back what the enemy has stolen from us, and we're going to experience revival in Columbus, Georgia. Amen. Amen. So God, right now, we invite your Holy Spirit to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, there is no condemnation. All of us have fallen short of your glory. So if someone responds to this altar call, it's because they are bold and courageous. It's not because they're a failure. It's not because they're ashamed. It's because they want to be a true son and daughter of the Most High God, and they want to take back everything that the enemy has stolen from Him. So God, right now, have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, come quickly now, if that's you right now.